Okay, we're in Romans chapter 1. Pray for me. I'm going to talk about some politically incorrect things. But we've never tried to be politically correct here. I say that, and I get a little bit of pride when I say that. We want to be biblically correct. And biblically correct and politically correct rarely, maybe never, but if, if they ever overlap, it's probably a very rare thing. But I don't want it. You can get politically correct. You can watch CNN and, and follow the major news outlets, and you can get as politically correct as you want. But you would be biblically inept. And all I do, I'm the one-trick pony. All I want to do is teach you what the Bible says without apology, and that's what we're going to do here this morning in Romans chapter 1. Let's pray. Father, I, you know, I know this, this, this is against the law in Canada to do what I'm doing, but we don't care. It, even if we were in Canada, we wouldn't care. Uh, I'm just going to teach your word, and I don't have an axe to grind. I just... We just love truth here. We love the Bible, and we love what it says, and we love what it says to us. So, Father, I pray you'd bless, because truth is important. We worship truth. He, he became a, a man. He put on flesh and lived among us, and we want to honor him by speaking the truth always. Uh, and, Lord, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We ended with verse 17 last week, our foray into the book of Romans. We went, looked at the first 17 verses, and we ended up for herein. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What do you mean righteousness of God is revealed? In the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, from faith to faith. I think you get in in faith. I think you live your, your faith walk, and I think it's faith all the way through. The just shall live by faith. And of course, that's Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Both in Romans and in Galatians and in Hebrews, we find that, that phrase, the just shall live by faith. And of course, they're all rip-off of, <laughs> a rip-off, or a quote of Hebrews, I mean uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. New stuff now, okay? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Boy, We've already got a long way to go, and we just started. I mean, a lot of things to say. Wait a second, Adam, I thought God was a loving Heavenly Father. He doesn't have wrath. Well, if you listen to a lot of preaching nowadays, He doesn't have any wrath. But the Bible tells us He does. And His wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Now, I want you to understand something. This is important. It's not saying anti godliness it's saying ungodliness all you have to do to be ungodly is to be not godly you don't have to uh, take up uh, uh, an anti-position against God although many have you just have to be not on board with godliness I love God I want to see his kingdom advanced I'm, I'm all about God well if that's not you this verse includes you as ungodly. It's not, it's not, it puts everyone in one camp or another. There's no neutral parties. And he's saying, his, Paul is saying that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Okay, we're not talking about anti-godliness. It's just the fact that you're not for God. Well, that shouldn't surprise us. Jesus says you're for me or you're against me. 
You're, you're gathering with me or you're scattering abroad. No neutral ground. We are the ones, the 50 shades of gray people with all the different variables. God sees it this way, in or out, faint or ain't. No middle ground. And I just want you to understand from the get-go that he has wrath against those who aren't godly. Uh, because for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And those go together all the time. Uh, unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Hold, not means hold like as a position, means hold like hold back or suppress. You will see. If you have like NIV, I think an ESV, I think a couple of will use the word suppress. People suppress truth. You say, why would anyone do that? Indeed. Indeed. Why would anyone do that? And we'll get to the reasons here directly. But we have a vested interest in truth. Isn't it funny? Because like our public schools, there's no truth. You can't know the truth if there is truth. And if you say that, you'll be applauded. Oh, you're very wise and you're a, you're a sage. You, you understand that truth can't be known. And if we say truth can be known, you're a hater and a troglodyte and, a, and arrogant. And none of those things are so. I say we have a vested interest in the truth. We worship the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, it, truth is very, very important. And, and Paul doesn't play these uh, you can't know truth games. He says that there is truth, and there are people who suppress the truth. Why do they do it? Unrighteously. They do it in unrighteousness for righteousness sake. I've, I've seen this a thousand times. Well, I'm not sure if there really is a God. I, I think that uh, perhaps, uh, so who are you sleeping with? I mean, it always comes down to that. Uh, I was, you know, I'm leaving my wife. I want to try alternate. Uh, it's always about that. I don't want there to be a God because I don't want to have to listen to what he says, especially in the Department of Sexuality, which we'll be discussing here this morning. I'll keep it PG-rated as much as possible. Although I would say, if you were a Greek speaker, you would be scandalized by what this passage says. It's very frank. But the King James people have kind of cleaned it up because they know that there would be a Sunday morning I would have to teach this. So they've made it kind of, like I say, PG-rated. PG-14, let's say. Okay. Um, why do they hold the truth in unrighteousness? Well, let's... Let's say this, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Um, manifest. Because that which may be known of God is shown them, or shown to them, God has shown it unto them. What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about verse 20. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. The invisible is made visible, and that's what it's saying, in creation. Say it's not that easy. Oh, it, it very, very much is that easy. Why are people gumming it up? Look, creation, a creator. It's just that easy. 
And if you're honest, you'll know it's that easy. Um, now, people, they want, well, see, that's what the big attack is now. That's why evolution is a thing. Do you know how uh, evolution, if you look into it all, you wouldn't be an evolutionist, even a little bit, even at all. I was watching uh, Dr. Jason Lyle. If you don't know who Dr. Jason Lyle is, shame on you. He's one of the best apologists out there, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's a... Um, what's it when you're looking at the stars and... Uh, at, Astro? Astronomer. And he's, and he's like, he's brighter than bright. And he'll tell you why that um, a lot of people think, well, science now, we got science, we've disproven God. Holy smokes, are you keeping up? Are you reading it all? What do, what do, you, what do you spend your time? If, you, if you're up on the latest of science, you're going to be a Bible creationist. Or at least, a, at least if you're clear thinking, you're at least going to be a, an advocate of, of design, of like, a, um, you know, you wouldn't be a, if you're keeping up, there's no way that you're holding on to evolution. The new thing now is, is uh, panspermia. So what's that? Uh, there was ancient race of aliens. They came to Earth and, and seeded us here and then we kind of evolved into and here we are well that answers everything factor in the sarcasm of that last statement that answers nothing where did they come from you see it, it, they come up with these more colossal more insane more crazy ideas all the time and it really comes down to that does god call them on it well let's keep going the invisible things of him from the creation world they're clearly seen um Okay, we got, we've got Big Bang cosmologists they teach in school. Let's, let's review this just for a second. First there was nothing, and then it exploded. Have I touched any science yet? Once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, there was nothing, and then it exploded. Oh, okay, okay let, me, let me give you that. And then billions and billions of years... Pond scum, lightning, and here you are. Really? And we see evidence of that around us now? Uh, no, the invisible things of him creation world, they're clearly seen. And they're understood by the things that are made. What do we understand? Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, now there's going to be a they, a them, there's an us and there's a them all the way through. And the them he he's addressing are those who are on the outside looking in. The ain'ts of the saints and ain'ts. The ones who aren't, okay, the, 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 the us and them. Us are believers, them are the unbelievers, okay? And remember that all the way through. Uh, because that when they... Uh, oh, let's back up a little. The things that are made... Uh, we clearly understand a lot about him. One, we understand his eternal power and Godhead. We understand the fact that he's God. And we understand his eternal power. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying it's clear and it's evident. It's manifest and it's obvious. Uh, and we understand he's, he's big. We look at the universe and we understand he's wise. We can, instead of a telescope, look in the microscope, see DNA. Wow, is he clever? So they are without excuse. 
Dawkins was asked, Richard Dawkins, famous atheist, was asked, when you, if you stood before God, and he said, why didn't you believe in me? He'd say, why'd you make it so hard? Why didn't you give us enough? No, they were without excuse. I didn't say that. God said that. I'm trying not to be arrogant. I'm really not. I'm trying to be very forceful. I want to move everybody off that center bubble. Well, I'm not anti-God. I just don't believe in God. Uh, no. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Present, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. This is as far as Paul goes, because in his day, it's probably all that man had devolved down into, had descended to. When they knew God, I have a question. Do you think Cain knew God? Cain's one of the heretics of the Bible. He's using, uh, an apostate is probably a better word. Did, did Cain know God? Yeah, he was talking to him in chapter, what is it, four of Genesis. Hey, why is your face all in the mud, Cain? Stick that bottom lip back in. Why are you all pouty, God's saying? And he answers God and he talks with God. You think Cain knew God? Yeah. You think Cain worshiped God? No. You think people can know God without worshiping him? Sure. Sure, Cain did. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. Let's talk about thankful. Thankful is important. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. And by the way, if you know anybody who's not, uh, it would just drive me crazy if somebody's opening up in their lonely apartment a can of ramen noodles or something like that instead of feasting or something. Let us know. Thanksgiving, we take a, a, a day apart a to be thankful. The new thing uh, in health, I listen to some health podcasts. Dr. David Jockers, he's got my approval. He's a, he's a delightfully Christian man. He's, and one of the big things, and he talks, and he has a lot of people on his uh, podcast, uh, and they're not necessarily Christians, so he has a mix of Christians and non-Christians. The big thing in health is gratefulness. The big thing, in, listen to what I'm saying, the big thing in health is gratefulness, and ungrateful, and bitter, and and fear, we call it stress, has a tremendous debilitating, uh, it's a tremendous debilitating factor in your health. Unthankful is, is a horrible, it, it's really, it's, it, you probably should take up smoking rather, and take that with, with a grain of salt rather than be ungrateful. Grateful is funny because uh, I'm watching a show uh, alone, I've talked about this, and people there are like, they're pagan mostly. If you listen to their philosophies, it comes across, they're pagans. And they're thankful, you know, as they catch this fish and they practice thankfulness. They always talk about thankfulness. And I'm thankful to the spirit of this fish. Thank you, fish, for giving me your life that I might live. And I'm thinking like, whatevs. Thankful to the spirit of the fish. Okay, okay, it's America. You can't get arrested for that. But I think, Really? That's it. I, I, you know, if you're interested in bushcraft, and say they take these people and they put them out in like Patagonia or Labrador, way out in the where there's nobody else around and stuff, and they try to survive. And it's interesting enough 
a show to watch. My son Micah turned me on to it. And I, I, I really enjoy it, but I don't enjoy the paganism. One Christian one early on in, like, I think season two or three. But everyone else has been kind of like, and they just listen to them spew about thankfulness to nobody in general. Nobody, And I think thankfulness is a funny thing. You've got to be thankful to God. That's, that's one of the problems. But you can't be thankful to God because then I would acknowledge that he exists. And then I would have to, he's got, uh, if he's the creator, I have to, oh my goodness, he's got a, like a claim on my life. And I'd have to listen to things he said about right and about wrong and things of this nature. I can't do that, so I can't be thankful. That, that's kind of what I, I'm trying to paint a picture of what it is out there. But you all know this. They knew God, they glorified him not a God, neither were thankful, but they became vain in their imagination. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I believe the word there is moron. You calling me a moron? No. But I'm saying that the Bible says you are if you don't believe in God. I'm clearly saying that. I don't have a, a bone to pick. I'm not trying to be... I try very hard not to be arrogant. Arrogant doesn't look good on anybody. It doesn't look good on me either. I try very, very hard not to be arrogant, but I want to tell you, this is what the Bible says unapologetically, okay? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I don't believe there is a God. Um, open your eyes, look at creation. Yeah, I, I think there was nothing that exploded. I'll buy that theory. That's not the best science. That's not the best explanation. Yeah, but if I profess that there's God, then I have to change my lifestyle. We can't have that. And it always comes down to that. You're saying, it doesn't really always come down to that. Listen, it always comes down to that. And I talk with people, I talk with people, I talk with people. Don't you think I'd like to believe in God? That would be very comforting. But I can't because I don't, and there's not enough evidence. And stop it, please. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I've heard that all the time. And, I've, and I've, as, you, as you start to dig a little bit, you'll find that there's, they have a, an, an axe to grind with God, or they have a lifestyle that's anti-God. And they don't want to give up their lifestyle. They'd rather have their lifestyle, as very often we'll address here this morning, than God. And that's all there is to it. That's all there ever is to it. I can show you this very easily in John chapter 3. You can go there or not. Uh, if, you've, if you've been to church here a long time, we've gone here very many times. He's talking to Nicodemus, Jesus is. And in chapter 3, he says, the most famous verse in the Bible, in the New Testament perhaps, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is gracious and God is good. And he so loved the world, he wanted us to have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. He's not interested in you going to hell. He's interested in you going to heaven. He's not trying to condemn the world. Um, so what, what's that wrath and stuff all about? Because he has a mechanism in place for you to be saved, the cross, and you say, no thanks. Well, the default button's set on perishing and going to hell. God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. He wants everyone to be saved. But if you don't take the methodology, there's no salvation. But that the world through him might be saved. And that's, of course, talking about Jesus Christ. He that believeth in him is not condemned. 
How many of you guys believe in Jesus Christ? He that believeth him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Wait a second, that can't be right. Let me read that again. No, it's right. He that believeth not is condemned already. Why, Adam, why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Well, Adam, what's the basis for the, that condemnation? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Verse 19. This is the condemnation. That light is come into the world. I should be capital L, light, Jesus Christ, is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I have had these discussions. Oh, I'd love to believe in Jesus. He didn't give me enough proof. Stop it! You, I, you might convince somebody. You're not convincing me. I don't even think you're convincing yourself. It's silly. Stop it. You just want to have your own way, and you don't want to have God to have a say in your life. That's always it. You love darkness rather than light. Stop playing the game. Uh, I'll be preaching here in a minute. I get, I get animated about this because I have these discussions all the time, and I don't have an opportunity to always say what I want to say, but I can say it now here. That's always what it is. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And what happens then? It always devolves into idolatry. I'll challenge you there, Adam. I don't believe in God, and I'm not an idolater. Idolatry is simply, you probably don't have a little statue of a four-footed beast, bull, right? Have you seen, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphs and... They have bird gods, they have bull gods, they have creeping thing gods. You say, what are you talking about? How about a scarab? You would know it as a dung beetle. Now people worship trees and rocks and nature. Gaia worship. You've seen it. You've seen the bumper sticker. Uh, we do not, uh, the earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth. Um. I don't know what you're on about. I belong to God. I, 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 don't, I don't belong to the earth. The earth doesn't have, the earth isn't a, a, a person. It, it doesn't own us. It's a, it's a ball of dirt. Now, it's brilliant dirt. Don't get me wrong. Everything in here, it, it's, they, they say the, worth, the earth is worth like a decillion dollars. That's, what's a decillion? Well, it's a thousand novillions. What's a novillion? Well, it's a thousand octillions. And let me go all the way back down a trillion, billion, million. You know, a billion is a thousand millions. You know that, right? Basic math. We could be billionaires, every man, woman, child on the earth, billions of times over. God has given enough. Oh, thank you, Lord. You've given enough. There's enough stuff here. He's made, there's enough fish, enough types of fish. Enough flowers, enough birds, you're in the birds. You'll never learn all the birds. You'll never learn, if you're in like, what's that, what's that when you're studying insects? Why would somebody do that? But all the insects, you'd never learn all the, you won't even learn all the beetles that there are. You say, John, Paul, Ring, not them, the other ones, them, them scarabs, them, like there's all kinds of them. The earth is crazy, intelligent, intelligently designed. Uh, no, I'd rather worship, I'd rather make a little statue. You're saying, okay, I don't do that, Adam. Well, you're the, you're the statue, you're the idol. Uh, I talk to people who don't believe in God. You know what they believe in? Themselves. Ick, your idol is, 
I don't say this right. Your idol is icky. You think you trust in yourself? That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, let's keep moving. Wherefore, because of this, because they wouldn't retain God in their knowledge, they weren't thankful. They're, they're, uh, they became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. They professed themselves wise. They were fools. They changed the glory of God into an image made like corrupt men. Because of all this, verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. It's interesting to me, years ago when I first found this, the price for pagan, paganism is homosexuality. Um, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about this passage here. Uh, famously, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 are on homosexuality. That's what they are. If you're a Greek speaker, there's no question, but I think it comes across in the English well enough. I was going to go through the Greek and tell you, this is what this word means, this is what it says, I think it's here enough in the English. And if you want to, if you want, especially if you want to debate or anything else, you go, you do your studying, and you're going to come across with there's no other issue here except it's, what it's talking about is homosexuality. It doesn't have the word there because they didn't have a word for it back then. That's all it is. Okay? Um, God gave them up through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who, themselves, who, changed the truth of God into a lie? Is there truth? Yeah. Yeah. You hear what the Bible says, you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Make it a capital T, Jesus. You know Jesus and Jesus sets you free. Now, I've heard a lot of people misquote that. The truth will set you free. Uh, let me qualify that. He says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Truth isn't, you don't have a chance. It's not subjective to whatever you think truth is. Well, I think truth is woke ideology, and it's, and it's freed me to stop it. You can't just own truth like that. Well, I can say what truth is. If you can say what truth is, well, I don't say what truth is. I just tell you what the Bible says truth is. And here it's saying they change the truth of God. God is true. God is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. God is uh, truth, and they've changed that into a lie. And they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Adam, I challenge that. People don't worship the uh, creation more than the, the creator. <sighs> Are you kidding me? What, what do you think that whole, uh, I, I already talked about Gaia worship, and the only true worship they can teach in public schools now is save the planet and global warming and the, the whole thing. That's their new idolatry. That's all it is. Uh, I hope you can see that as clear as day. I hope I don't have to build that case. They changed the truth of light, and now what's worshipable? What do they worship? Creation. Boy, so close. Creator. No, creation. They don't call it creation. They call it, you know, the earth or whatever. But basically, it's the, and now they're just worshiping. We've got to save the planet. I tell you what, if the planet really wasn't our God, really was our God, wouldn't it save us rather than us saving it? 
That's always the thing about idolatry. I, got this, I cut down this wood, this tree, and I carved it into an idol, and I overlaid it with silver. I say, thou art my God, rescue me. <laughs> Wait, did you think that all the way through? You built your God. If you can build your God, he can't rescue you. And we do the same thing, too. We build gods. We don't build them today. I don't know many people have a little god that they built in their house. We just build them out of our imagination. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I believe God is, and we just make an idol over him. I believe God is benevolent grampy syndrome is the one I always you know, call people on. He's fine with everything you do. Don't worry about it. You're doing the best you can. You die. Come on in. Oh, God, you're worshiping. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible has wrath against ungodliness and unrighteousness from men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But let's keep moving. Okay, this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Why did God give them up? Because they wouldn't retain God in their mind. He gave them up to vile affections for even their women we're talking about lesbianism here their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and it's again in the Greek it's very very obvious he's not talking about anything else why does he style with women women usually are the the last in a society to fall into degradation because they're mothers because they have children because they have a stake in trying to perpetuate godliness to the next generation. Have you seen any national organization of women type of... And by the way, I, I am really... I, I've told you this in the past. I, I'm not joking. I'm a feminist. A real, live, bona fide, I believe in the equality of both men and women. What the problem is, is that the equality movement was hijacked by men-haters and lesbians. I don't know how else to say it. I think our, our, our daughters, our sisters, our moms should have every opportunity in America that, that a man has. I, I, I have I'm no, no objections. You'll see something like, you know, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Why is she a medicine woman? She couldn't be a doctor. We didn't allow that back along. How uneducated were we? But, and, 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 and so I am, I, I'm not for suppressing women at all. I don't believe Jesus Christ was even a little bit. But now, when we see the National Organization of Women, they're not about equal rights. They're about promoting lesbianism. I don't know how else to say it. And it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, they're loud, they're uh, violent, and it's, it's not a... Anyway. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of women, of the woman, burning their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was, was meet or fitting. Some people think that's referring to AIDS. I do not. This goes way, way back before the 1980s. Men in a homosexual lifestyle have always had recompense. They've always had 
Uh, I remember when I was 47 that life expectancy of a man in America was 74. And for a, a homosexual male, it was 47, when I was 47. That, both of those numbers have grown with new treatments and new drugs, except for the last couple of years, now the life expectancy in America has dropped, okay? As a matter of fact, Cubans live longer than Americans now, American men. Just something to think about. Um, so 74 is the average life expectancy. I'm just using these numbers. I don't know what the newest ones are. 74 is the average expectancy of a, of a man. A homosexual man was 47. You live, you live a quarter of a century less. Okay? And that's not just AIDS. It's, it's, it's dramatically hard on your body to live, to live life against life. To do the things that God has ordained you not to. I just told you thankfulness. You're going to live longer just being grateful. You're going to live longer just not having stress. Well, I have stress in my life. My life is very stressful. Um, we, we're, through, we're through the whole book of Deuteronomy. God's a giant killer. Og, pfft, nothing. Og of Bashan, Sihon, the Rephidim, the Zanzumim, the Emim. They go into the promised land. What's, what's there? Jericho. You say, well, what's Jericho a symbol of? What's Jericho a symbol of for you? What's the biggest thing in your life that's stopping you from inheriting the promises of God? I should ask that question. Is it, is it bitterness? Is it hatred? Is it, is it discouragement? Is it, well, God kills those giants. And if you, I can't reteach the whole book of Genesis, but if you're still struggling with bitterness or or fear, fear doesn't come from God, it comes from the devil. The spirit of fear, we, we, we learned about that in Timothy, I don't know how many times I've referred to it. You still struggling with that, really, after all the things we've learned? Stress is a killer, it's gonna kill you to death. Well, I can't stop it, and that's, that, no, no, no. God doesn't give you, uh, uh, here, this is a sin, this is bad, this is wicked, this is horrible, this is a life shortener, this is, oh, but you can't, eh, well. Really? Huh, interesting. Men with men. Can't preach against homosexuality in Canada, it's against the law. Hate speech. Some would call it hate speech here. I don't hate anybody. I promise you, I don't hate anybody. Now, people will say, well, you're born that way. I don't know that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that. I don't have a homosexuality. It's, I don't have a proclivity in my life towards homosexuality. I don't, okay? It's not a, it's not a boast. It's, not a, it's just a statement. I've never looked at another man and said, yum. I, just not in my life, okay? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not mocking here. Listen to my heart. I don't know if people have a, a real proclivity towards that or not. My answer is, if you do, well, I feel sorry, but here's, here's what I'm saying. Most every man I know, and I think I could say every man I know, has a proclivity towards having more than one partner. Can I put it that way? No, there's kids in the room and stuff like that. Uh, I've married one woman for life, right? 
that I have, I hope you have, uh, monogamy is not natural, but I hope you're practicing it. I don't care what your proclivity is. If you have a proclivity where you look at a, a, a child and think, boy, wouldn't I like to, I hope you're not practicing it. One, it's evil, and God says it's evil. Two, it's against the law. And if you do that, and you found out to have been doing that, I hope they throw you in jail forever and, lock, and throw the key away. I don't care about proclivities, because I know people, listen, I know people who have same-sex attraction who don't live it out. And I know people who are not predisposed towards monogamy, but they live out monogamy. Ladies, aren't you glad if your husband's one of these guys? Who cares about proclivity? And I'm not trying to say that now. I don't care about you. Where? I'm, I'm trying to say, uh, don't make it so that everything that we're talking about, like we were talking about bitterness. I know we all have a proclivity towards bitterness when people stab us in the back. Don't live it out. I know you have a proclivity towards anger and hatred and malice and non-thankfulness. Don't live it out. i got to keep going. I'm going to be... So he calls it unseemly. He says they receive themselves a recompense of the error, which was meat. You turn away from God, and this is the type of things that happen. You don't think right anymore. And that's what he's saying here. He's talking about their foolish heart is darkened. They profess themselves to be wise. They became fools, etc., etc., etc. And God gave them up. Okay, you want that rather than wanting me? Here you go. Why would God do that? Oh, you parents know. You have to, you can't. What are you going to do, tie up a child? And the, you, when you have a child and they want to go on this way, at some point you say, have at it. You, you do because you must. There's no, the prodigal comes to the, the, the dad and says, I can't even wait to get out of here. I wish you were dead. Why don't you give me my inheritance, the stuff I got coming? Why don't you give it to me right now? What does dad do? Here you go, son. And our loving Heavenly Father does that too. You want to you wanna live a sinful life? You want to live against life? You want to live wickedness? You want to choose these things that I haven't chosen for you? Have at it. Because you, you, what else can we do as parents? I'm saying this with a broken heart. I'm not saying this because we want to do that. When people, we can't make people choose what we want them to choose. We can't make our children choose right. And God gives them up. Verse 24, God gave them up. Verse 26, for this cause, God gave them up. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. You want it? Go after it. See if that'll satisfy and by the way, have you figured out, um, if you're living a sinful lifestyle, have you figured out it never satisfies? It never satisfies? Choose to sin, choose to suffer. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Look it up in the Greek. You'll have all that you need to know about it. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. That breaks me up. Inventors of evil. There's not enough evil things around. We've got to invent more. Well, sometimes this comes with new technologies. We never heard of cyberbullying when we were kids. We, we had the real bullies bullying us. We didn't, there was no cyberbullying, right? Uh, we didn't have a email and we did have an email it was talking to us about the Ethiopian princess but if you send me your bank information I'll, we, and there's the one uh, uh, you know uh, we're, we're, there was a, a mess up in your uh, PayPal account and if you go online straighten it up and it was, I got a call the other day um, some bit million bucks or something was charged to my you know, account and if I don't call them and have it all straightened out uh, they, they're going to charge that million bucks to my, you know, whatever, right? It, it, there's, there's new ways to rip people off, but you say it's still stealing. Um, sexting is a thing. It, it never was when I was a kid. Uh, there's all kinds of new evil out there, and I never thought I'd live to see some of it. I, I, I had a video I was going to show this morning about 11-year-old drag queen. Uh, I was trying to get Micah to download. He couldn't, he wasn't able to do that. I'm kind of, I don't know if I, it was a good thing or a bad thing that he couldn't. Uh, it's on Good Morning America and he's an 11-year-old and his parents are so proud of him because he's so brave and he's so, and the, the audience is really enamored. They're really, you know, yeah, you go and stuff like this. Um, Evil is, so we have drag queens reading uh, children's books to our kindergarten class. I never thought I'd live to see stuff like that. Hey, I think sometimes the church is stagnant. Evil isn't stagnant. When we've hit, when we've hit a, a boundary, let's knock that boundary over and let's, let's, let's go beyond that. It's funny to me because old time liberal, I have some liberal friends, I... I work in Democratville, union labor is as democratic as it gets. It's funny to me because they're not very Democrat anymore because they've, they've the, the crazy out there, the element of society, which is way beyond Democratism, there's crazy out there, woke, and they keep going farther and farther and farther. And people who were like, just all the time, well, the Democratic Party, they took after us, union labor, they, you know, this end, what, we don't even recognize this party anymore. Because there's this crazy going out there. We, we, we come up against the wall. We used to have uh, two uh, genders. Now there's, last time I heard it was 70-something or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, you can't even keep track of them all. Now, to be sure, there are only two genders, okay? But we're just new frontiers, new new evil, and we scratch our heads and we say, wow, what is going on? 
Well, I won't tell you what's going on. It shouldn't surprise us. They're inventors of evil things. They're disobedient to parents. You're saying, disobedient to parents? Look at this list. Fornication, murder, <laughs> invent evil things. And disobedient to parents? One, that's the fountainhead of it all. If you did what your mom and dad told you to do, you'd probably more, more likely than not be okay. Mom never told me to chain smoke, uh, you know, drink to excess, have sex with a plethora of partners. She never told me anything like that, right? So you listen to your mom, you'll probably be okay, more times than not. Um, but uh, you've got to remember, we, just in Deuteronomy, disobedient to parents, that was a capital offense. You take him to the elders of the city and say, yeah, he won't do anything I say, and they stone him with stones till he dies. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, probably in the 60s we saw it, and we've seen it ever since. No matter what your parents are doing, we're into a new thing, and we don't listen to them anymore. Don't you think kids should listen to us? I've lived a lot of life. I know some stuff. I can keep you out of mischief. I can get you to where you need to be in every way, financially and socially and morally. And listen to what I say. And kids are like, I don't want to listen to you. And they want to do their own thing. And, it's, and, and it, how's, that, how's that worked out? Well, it didn't work out so good in the 60s. You know, it's kind of funny to me because I, I lived during the 60s. Um, okay, I was 11 when it ended. I was born 1959. But I remember a lot of stuff. I remember like, you know, uh, we don't like our parents. They're involved in like, you know, uh, alcohol and adultery. And so they exchanged that for uh, drugs and homosexuality and free love. Oh, much better. You know what I mean? Uh, we, 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 we just keep doing the same things. We just do it in a different direction. We, we, we rebel against authority, and it's, I, we celebrate our rebellion every 4th of July. Sometimes rebellion's a good thing. Listen to me, rebel against the devil. Rebel against conformity to this word, world. You don't have to be like everybody else, but we always rebel against God, our loving Heavenly Father, who's got nothing but good for us, because we want to have it our own way, and that's always, always, anyway, that's, we're going to go round and round here. Uh, I don't want to go through the list and go through each one. They're all bad things. Um, let's keep going, though, without understanding. They're covenant breakers. You can't listen to what people say because they change, they, they don't hold up their end of a bargain. Without natural affection. Implacable. Unmerciful, and the whole list ends in unmerciful. Isn't that a horrible thing? Unmerciful. Because even if I mess up against you and I come to you and I say, boy, I'm, I really, I'm sorry. Nope. No chance for redemption. You're done. That's it. Really? Wow. Unmerciful. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. What is it saying here? It's saying they, okay, the them, the, 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 the ones who deviate from the path of God, them, they know that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Funny to me, when I talk to somebody about who, who's even slightly open to any sort of Bible truth, when I get to the pot, the wages of sin is death. 
They say, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So I got saved. I was in, it was February 14th, 1980. It was a couple of days before that I heard the gospel. And the day actually, so a few days I'm kind of ruminating. It's, you know, bouncing around in my head. And I finally, I don't know why it took me so long. It was, but it was the first time I heard the gospel. And it was a few days after that I said, well, why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I pray? Why wouldn't I ask Christ to come in my heart? He said, a friend of mine, and you, you, I had him here before. Larry, he came and he pro- preached to us. Um, he said, Adam, you're a sinner. I'm like, tell me something I don't know. I knew. He said, the problem, Adam, is the wages of sin is death. And that's how he puts me. And I said, that's probably very likely true. That's probably very likely true. Adam, what are you saying? I knew, we all know that, that they who do these things, that they commit these things, they're worthy of death. And when we're talking about death biblically, we're talking about eternal separation from God. It's not if you steal something, you, you, you die right there in the instant. I'd be preaching in an empty room, except I wouldn't be here to preach to it. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, but the wages of sin is death, is separation from God. Now, we can change the rules and become universalists. It's kind of growing again. It kind of died. Now it's all kind of coming back. We're like, you know, that's okay. Everyone makes it in the end. Universalism, it's called. And several who are supposedly Christians, uh, especially those who are into emergent church and stuff, like they're pontificating on this and writing books on the subject. It's sad, but it doesn't work that way. Uh, we know that those who do such things, they're worthy of death. Well, Adam, I don't do these things. Well, that's, that's debatable. But not, only, but not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So, here's the big thing. Here's the takeaway. Adam, I'm not a practicing homosexual, but are you approving of them that do them? Because that's what the next part of this verse is talking about. I like to celebrate homosexuality even though I'm not a homosexual myself. Well, this indicts you as well. This indicts you as well. I know. I know where you live. I I know the society. I get it. You don't want to lead with that. (laughs) Hi, my name's Adam. I'm against homosexuality. I think it's a sin. I I get that. I get that. I'm not asking you to, to be that guy, to stand out like a sore thumb. But when it comes up, don't punk out. I don't think me applauding your lifestyle choices is helping at all. And by the way, I get this because people put this on the internet and stuff like this. Every once in a while, people say, well, that's just... You know, we're supposed to love the sin, sinner and, and hate the sin, or they remind us that we're supposed to reach out to the homosexual community, uh, homosexual community. If that's what they're saying, praise God. You're right, correct. No argument. But a lot of times, what their kind of their whole agenda is like, yeah, you should probably be more inclusive and more loving and more tolerant and more open. People in that in any kind of sin, they don't they don't need tolerance, they don't need openness, they need a warning. And that's what Paul's doing here. That's what I'm trying to do. 
I don't want to celebrate because it won't help. Look it. Gay pride parades show me everything I need to know about homosexuality. We don't have heterosexual pride parades. If we had one, no one would show up. I'm heterosexual. I don't know if you knew that or not. Happily married. She's that yellow-haired girl over there who's out in the nursery right now. Happily heterosexual. Do I have a, am I proud of it? No. Am I ashamed of it? No, certainly not. It's not about pride or shame. Why do they have homosexual, why do they have gay pride? Because if I can get you to sign off on my lifestyle, maybe that would help quell my conscience. It's the only reason, trust me on this, it's the only reason. Because here I am, happy heterosexual. And if I had a million people right in a row say, that's disgusting, that is wicked, that is evil, that is, wouldn't bother me at all. My pride means that I care what you think about it. And here's something, listen closely. I don't. <laughs> not at all, not even a little bit. Why? Because I'm not struggling with my conscience. I don't need you to sign off on my lifestyle choices. I don't need it. Uh, the, the whole gay pride means I have to say, oh, it's okay, it's wonderful. Oh, you're heroic. Oh, it's, I know it's the cause celeb here in America. I know that you're not going to get invited to any party saying that you think it's a sin. I know that. But we can't change what the Bible says. Now, we take great comfort in being part of the majority. It is, I think something's obvious when I talk to people. They'd rather be wrong with the biggest group than be correct, biblically or any other way. I've seen this. Well, you know, if God's going to judge us, he's going to judge quite a bit of us. Um, I don't think he has any problem with that. Verse 21, Proverbs 11 you could turn there or not. I only got a minute here. I'm gonna, this is my last point. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not go unpunished. Well, I, I agree with the majority. I think uh, homosexual, as long as it's true love and people love each other and blah, 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 blah. I've heard it all. Uh, hey, hey, I don't care if you're the majority view. What I have learned in America is the majority is most often wrong. Biblically wrong. And especially in this anti-God zeitgeist that we have going on right now, the majority is generally wrong. Though hand joined in hand. Hey, me, you're going to judge me and these other thousand guys and say we're all wrong? God says, oh yeah. Oh, I can judge individually on the, or on the, the team plan. Well, however you want to do this, God's saying, though hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not go unpunished. And here in Romans it says, uh, not only those who commit these things are worthy of death, not only they do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. If I'm on the sidelines applauding your wickedness, I'm just as guilty as, that's what he's saying. Now we all have some soul searching to do, don't we? Um, this is the first of four, the, the bad news comes before the good news comes. We've got to get them lost before we can get them saved, someone has said. And if you're saved and you know Jesus Christ is saved, you, you understand this. You, you had to know, uh, get it, come up against your lostness before you 
changed over before you ask Christ to save you. There's four different groups of people, and the first one here is paganism. I probably should have started with that. And we'll go into the other three as we, as we uh, progress through. And then we'll get the exceeding good news. I don't care what stripe you come out of, God will save you based in the same way, based on your acceptance of Jesus Christ as the Savior. Okay, let's stand. Let's... Has this been a really edifying? Aren't you glad you came? Hey, look, look, look. Uh, I, no apologies for the Word of God. Um, it is what it is. It's the cure for what's ailing us individually and as a society. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, your word is good. Um, it finds us this morning, there's probably a lot of opposition to the things that, you, to your truths, Lord, in churches, I don't know this church, I don't know. Uh, there's probably a lot of opposition uh, we've seen it. We've, we've, we've had the debates. We've had the discussions. We've established the dialogues or whatever. But Father, we're not going to turn our back on your word just because it's become not popular. Um, we love your word. We love what it says to us. We understand it's the only... We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the only one that saves. It's the only one that works. Lord, we're going to revel in it. We're going to share it. We're going to enjoy it and help us, Lord, to have the right attitude towards you and towards your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.